Welcome everyone to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. For sure, man. <laughs> do, do. <laughs> What's up, are. man? Good At morning. it again. Good morning. Good morning. Guten Morgen. Welcome back to the Two Tongues Podcast. Here we are. Both tongues, you guys. I'm not sure if you're quite ready for two tongues, but you're getting them both. Dos linguas. Both barrels of the proverbial shotgun. I think that's, I think that's Spanish for two tongues. Dos linguas. I think so, man. I'll tell you what. Have you seen those lingua tacos? No. Tongue tacos? I only saw them when I was in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I went to like, I want to say it was like a fast food chain. But anyway, they had lingua tacos on the menu. Tongue tacos at a fast food place. That's like beef tongue, shredded beef tongue tacos. Interesting. They're fucking good, man. I bet. I'll eat some tongue as long as it's prepared right. Why does eat some tongue sound dirty to me, man? Because you're a pervert. I am a pervert. You're a dirty pervert. I definitely feel like a pervert. Why uh, do you feel like a pervert? Because I'm all. I've been all horned up lately. Yeah, <laughs> I've been all horned up lately. You need to and get bonked. Listen, man. I have this weird thought. And tell me what you think about this. Where, uh, like, about a week before my wife starts her period, <laughs> I get all horned up, and I feel like I feel like there's some hormonal shit Smell happening. Those pheromones. There's something. There's some signals. There's definitely some signals that that. That make me feel horned up, and yeah. and I can tell, like, because it's always it's reliable, it's predictable, and that's what happened to me last night. I told you I had a really difficult time sleeping last night. Yeah, me too. So it's gonna be an interesting one. Weird, yeah. My brain's like at about forty percent capacity. Yeah. So um, I woke up, woke up last night, couldn't fall back to sleep, and I noticed that my wife was tossing and turning. You know, I even heard like a noise. She was like drinking out of a water bottle. It's like, I know she's awake, man. She's also awake. Yeah. But my mind was just immediately like, ask her to do it, man. She's awake. You're awake. Yeah, it's two o'clock in the morning and you guys should be sleeping. See if she's interested. I might have helped you go to sleep. Yeah, but I didn't because I figured she'd just be be mad at me if I tried. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But maybe she wouldn't have been. Maybe Maybe I missed out. Yeah. So you can't pinpoint what kept you from sleeping? Well, no, I was ba- completely baffled. Um, she, this morning, told me that we had one of those, uh, not, I mean, I want, it's not an energy drink, kind of it is, I guess, one, like, one of those um, like Celsius things, yeah. like full of vitamins, but also a bunch of caffeine. Too late at night. Yeah, I think we had some in the afternoon. It, w- it was like four o'clock. Yeah. That was a mistake, man. I can't drink caffeine That's after, crazy. after like two or three o'clock anymore. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. I'll drink it's- one of these fucking things right before I go to bed. It just doesn't affect me. It's rate. crazy to me. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah. It's weird, man. So I'll tell you another weird thing. When I was laying in bed, um, tossing and turning, it's unusual. I usually sleep pretty good, you know? Yeah. And um, 
because I couldn't fall back to sleep, I felt like there was a reason for it. And then I remembered this thing Jordan Peterson, story Jordan Peterson told about his buddy that, that killed himself. Uh, he grew up with, he was like a really, really smart dude. Um, he, was, he was like his best friend that he grew up with. And uh, he was like too smart for his own good. And he was living in Canada where he didn't have a lot of opportunities. He kind of reminded me of my, my cousin. Um, somebody who was really smart, but uh, never really like made anything of themselves or did anything with their potential. And um, they got really bitter about it, you know? Mm. Like turned into an asshole and turned in, you know, turned into a naysayer and didn't have a lot of friends because he has got a terrible attitude, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, that's what Jordan Peterson described. But he said one day that that dude was sleeping over at his house because he got divorced or some lost his job or something. I don't remember. And Jordan said he woke up in the middle of the night and he couldn't sleep and he just felt like there was this heavy air in the house, like he just felt wrong. Something felt weird in the house, and he couldn't sleep. And he thought that there, there was a reason for it. And he went to go check on his friend. And apparently his buddy was uh, contemplating suicide that night. And, uh, and I think he actually did end up killing himself. But there was this weird story Jordan told. I'm telling you that because while I, while I was tossing and turning, I'm thinking to myself, someone about to kill themselves. What, what kind of supernatural message is this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can't sleep, so somebody must be dying. See, somebody must be in trouble. Th- these are the dangers of spirituality. Yeah. You start, like, being paranoid about things. Yeah. Lassie, what's that girl? Yeah. Who's Johnny's in the well? <laughs> just the dog's just barking at you because it's hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know why I couldn't. Well, I, I've been feeling very stressed about work. Uh, and I think that me not being able to sleep had to do with that. Okay. So what's the stress coming from? Is it, uh, um, so, uh, you know, I've had this new job for a little over a month now, maybe a month and a half and it's, um, it's, it's a fairly big company. We do fall protection. Um, we set up like entire fall protection systems. Like we do a lot, you know, like we manufacture giant columns and, you know, just a lot of stuff. When you say fall protection, do you mean like a like a parachute that you would no. catch that you would catch no. a clown in who, who's fallen off the tightrope? That would be way cooler and probably less stressful. Or do you mean like bath fitters? So Imagine old, so old, old ladies don't fall in the shower. No. What do you mean by fall protection? Like if protection you, from if the you, autumn? I'll tell you if you let me talk. Are to we you? protecting ourselves? Yes, from exactly. Autumn? It's blankets and fire pits and the leaves. So the leaves <laughs> don't fall off the trees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean, man? Um, no, imagine somebody on top of a train, like working on top of a train, and they've got like a harness and oh. that kind of stuff. So, like, that's weird that you say on top of a train because, like, I can imagine somebody like rappelling down the side of a mountain wearing a harness. But you went to work, somebody working on top of a train. Now I'm picturing an action movie where there's this, where's there's this guy, yeah. you know, going a thousand miles an hour on top of a train, jumping from cart to cart. No, what is he doing like up there, that. man? What is he doing I up there? I don't know stuff. Stuff. He's scraping off the bird. Poop Maybe. Yeah, it could be for aerodynamic reasons. What yeah, is he, what's be. he working on top of a train for? Whatever you can imagine. What Maybe about, it is action type what, stuff. What about window washers? Like skyscraper window washers um, and shit? So most of the stuff, I don't know if we do. I've never seen any window washing stuff. What about, but, those, what about those guys that rappel off the buildings in New York City so they can spray paint tags really high up on the side maybe, of buildings? Maybe. I told I you. Did I, t- I tell you that they do that? I don't know what you're talking about. So if you go to New York City, like, not, I've only driven through there a few times. I never. I don't, I don't never have any interest. I don't have any interest in spending any time in New York City. Yeah. Um, but when I was there... You notice the graffiti everywhere, and mm-hmm. and you know there's lots of good 
graffiti artists in New York and lots of bad graffiti artists sure. in New York. But some of those tags are in impossible places. You've mm-hmm. seen them like they're on the uh, they're like on the dangerous side of a bridge. Yeah. Like, how did you do that? Well, in New York, man, they got these tall apartment buildings. Um, there's a word for them, but I can't remember. Anymore. High rise. No. Um, the the word form comes from how they're designed. Like oh. you walk in the front, you walk in the front of the house, and you have to walk through every room to get to the room behind it. They're all connected to all the rooms are connected to in like in like a hallway. Weird. So you go from the living room to the kitchen to the bedroom to, to the to the bathroom. Anyway, there's these big uh, big brick um, buildings, apartment buildings, and people will spray paint. Uh, it's like one of the walls of the buildings don't have windows on them. It's just bricks from the ground all the way up to the top, and you're looking up there. There's no fire escape. There's no steps, but there's spray painted tags 50 feet up this building. Mm. And you're like, what in the Sam hell? So really tall guy. <laughs> so apparently, apparently the guy, the guy that was driving us around, he's, he told us, I, was, I asked him like, what the fuck, man? He said, these, these crazy bastards, teenagers will go up to the top, to the roof of the buildings and they rappel down and spray paint, you know, and these really impossible places. Yeah. I guess. That's- Life risking shit. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I bet they don't have any fall protection, Kyle. I mean, they gotta have something. They gotta have some kind of harness or something if they're rappelling. Mm, I, I mean, know. I guess they could just be like hanging on ropes, but that's insane. I, I've seen enough cartoons to know that you just tie your clothes together yeah, exactly. and you make a rope out of clothes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's probably the way they do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so anyways, we got just fucking completely sidetracked there. Frustrations about the work. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, it, it's, it's, like I said, a fairly big company, but apparently they recently have been growing a lot and they also recently just like let everyone in my department go because they were doing a terrible job and like <clears throat> costing the company money. Um, so like the training has been minimal. I'm like having to figure it out mm-hmm. on the go. Um, and also I'm like paranoid because obviously they'll let you go if you fuck up. You oh, know? God. <laughs> like, uh, so everyone like really seems to like me cause I do, uh, you know, I work really hard. I do, I try to do a good job. Um, but it's just, uh, it's just stressful. And I got my brother a job there and now I'm like, did I, did I fuck my brother over it? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, shit. so we'll see. Um, how's he doing? He hasn't started yet. Tomorrow's his first day. I think that's probably a little bit why I'm stressed. Uh, Well, just tell him, give him the advice that you, you know, that you know is going to help him work hard and stand out and don't fuck off. Don't fuck up. Don't don't make mistakes. Which is, it's hard, man, because there's, um, there's a lot of room for error because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like it's, uh, you know, I'm getting better, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have somebody who's there like training me um, and the people. So when we get an order complete, I'm a material coordinator. I like get everything ready to ship, you know, and if I like we've got a checklist and if I check it off, it better be on the fucking pallet, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I have everything together, I'm supposed to get one of the managers to come quality check it. Yep. And they'll sometimes they'll quality check it and we'll ship it out and it's wrong, you know? So it's just like, I don't know. It's just very stressful. Yeah. You gotta be real careful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think I couldn't sleep. Mm. Mm. So do you have the, uh, like, can, can you complain or ask why the fuck you don't have someone training you better? They just don't have people. They just like, don't have enough people. Well, 
that trial by fire thing is the is the best way to learn. I mean, you're going to learn. Sure. You can learn. You got to have some tolerance for mistakes if that's how you're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, you, you got to have some tolerance for mistakes. <laughs> but I do understand why they get pissed off about it because, like, like re- recently earlier this week, uh, this was not my fault. I pulled the shit. It was all there, ready to ship. They quality checked it, so. You know, they should have seen the thing that got missed uh, and it just didn't get loaded up. Um, and they had to schedule a van to drive this thing to Texas. And it's like probably cost like a couple thousand dollars, oh, you know, yeah. so fuck. Yeah. Um, how many people in your department did they let go? I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. I, you know, but you know, you weren't let go. I wasn't there when everyone got oh, let go. Maybe you're fired, dude. Maybe. Is that why you're stressed out? No, I don't think okay. I'm fired. I think everyone really likes me. They can't fire everybody, you know? Yeah, I guess. Someone's got to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I don't understand. Like, why would I be fired? I'm confused. Yeah, you said they let, they let a bunch of people go in your department, and I said, how many people? You said, I don't know. I wasn't there that day. I'm like, well, how no, do you no, know no, you were fired? No, no, I was not hired yet. I was oh, not working. Oh, not hired yet. yet. Okay, I misunderstood yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else is new, man? Um, not much. Going to church again today. Yeah, you have to go to church for um for um. What you said? You it was to a, worship the Lord. You fucking fucking heathen. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that was, that is a religious important. exemption thing. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea um is looking to get a religious exemption for which she actually doesn't even need anymore. But but you know it's good to have for the future. Yeah, the CDC and everybody said we don't even have to social distance anymore. Did you oh, see yeah? That? Yeah, they were like, all the rules about uh, COVID just like that we've talked about in the past. At, yeah. this, at this point. Things that we've ruined people's lives over. Yeah, and yeah. at this point, he's, they're like, well, they're not effective. Throw that, throw that shit out. <laughs> they're the not effective. Ay, ay, ay. It's fucking stupid. And you see all the articles that are coming out about, about, <laughs> about the... Uh, Side effects like the the mostly it's uh, the, what I've been seeing is about the myocarditis and the heart inflammation. The jabity jabs. I said it's it right. It's like I can't remember what the stati- statistics were, but they were it's like one in forty or something like that. One in forty boys have some sort of heart inflammation after getting the vaccine. It's fucked up. And they they would telling us for years that it's that it's, it's totally safe. totally safe and that it's, those myocarditis and side effect things are overblown and yeah. you know let's give it to the youngest kids we can and oh we're gonna push it down and give it to toddlers now and i mean unfucking believable yep and all these and all these liberals that just sucked the dick of the of the power uh the powers that be for the last couple of years no apologies no, you know, sorry we judged everyone else har- so harshly for not, you know, uh, bowing down. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's 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 real slippery right now, man. Yep. I tell you, you know, everything, this is something we can talk about, the, uh, the raid at Mar-a-Lago oh, that happened. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, right-leaning people obviously have sympathy for Trump. Um, and I guess on some level I do, uh, but... Trump started, Trump was the first person who started pushing the vaccines. That is not a deniable. You can't deny that. No. 100% he mm-hmm. did that. And he still does. He's still like, yeah, you should get it. Um, and I just don't, like, that That really rubs me the wrong way, man. Like, that makes me feel like uh, I'm a DeSantis guy at this point. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard um, Trump say anything about uh, like encouraging people to get vaccinated now after all the information we have. Um, I... 
have a very hard time putting any blame on on uh, Trump personally for the early stages because mm. everybody was scared. We didn't have information. We needed a solution, and the world was going to shut down without it. In fact, did shut down for two years. Um, you know, Trump was doing everything he could to try to bring a solution to the to that problem and uh there was a tremendous amount of pressure on him to do it yeah so that's one thing it's quite another thing to to start firing people and and you know uh threatening people's jobs and um you know forcing forcing people to to get vaccinated the way that biden did in the face of all that new information that biden had that trump didn't yeah so i i put way more um I put way more of the weight on Biden than Trump. I, I mean, I agree with that. I put way more. I think Biden has more responsibility, but I also think that Trump was pushing a vaccine that was not tested at all. You know, and he, you know, I just don't. I do not. Not a fan. He enacted the uh, what? A, what is it like the emergency authorization? Yeah, the, that allowed the military to start like you know passing it out. And mm-hmm. Just not a fan. I don't. I think it's. Uh, I think that's that was maybe the worst move in Trump's entire presidency. Oh, boy, man, I disagree. Yeah, I think that's like one of the that's one of the uses of the military that makes the most sense for for a va- for a, a vaccine for a disease that was like bullshit. Well, we but that, but yeah, you can say that now, but then you I could say that back then. Then eh, I don't know, man. There was oh, dude, you got to. There be was kidding. way more. There was way more uh, uncertainty and fear back then. I guess I don't know. I think for anybody who was like paying attention. I don't think that there should have been. I think it was like fear mongering. Yeah, I, in hindsight, I think it was. So, so Trump gave in to fear mongering. Yes, I don't think that's good. I think that was a terrible decision. Well, the alternative would be to wait the seven years it was going to take to get that vaccine through the testing, and then maybe not have a solution at the end. And then, but, but that, the, that was but an look unacceptable at, risk at the time guess, in their eyes and I in guess. our eyes. And no, not the, in mine. The citizens were clamoring for normality and for you know how we you know how people get when they get scared. They want daddy to fucking come and save them. And yeah, that's and what daddy we were doing. should have the foresight to be like, mm, let's just fucking calm down. <laughs> yeah, maybe so, maybe so. I, that's a, the, I, I will never forgive Trump for that. I but think there was a tremendous up. amount of pressure on both Trump and Biden. Now, here, here's what I want to ask you about this. Do you think if Trump was reelected, if you if you beat Biden and he was reelected, do you think Trump would have supported um, mandatory vaccinations? Do you think Trump would have supported firing public employees and nurses who didn't get vaccinated? I support firing, firing public employees, <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. Probably not. I don't. I don't know. I, he he very well might surprise me on that. Like I don't love Trump. I mean, I, in some ways I love Trump when it comes to his like combative nature with the media and stuff like that. But as far as like policies go, I don't. I don't love Trump. He, you know, he does some good stuff and some yeah. really stupid shit. Yeah. Um. But if my gut reaction says no, probably not. Yeah, I don't. I don't love Trump either. But I do love. I do love the. The black sheep in the mix. I do love somebody who makes the political establishment so scared and upset, you know? And Mar-a-Lago is another example of that. Like, I mean, in my opinion, the raid on Trump's private private property by the FBI in the way that they did 
is completely unprecedented and completely terrifying to weaponize the FBI and the Department of Justice the way that the, the Democrats have done. It is completely insane, Chinese-level shit, authoritarian-level shit. It is scary as fuck. And what makes it so weird is that they did this. They tried to do this, exactly this, with January 6th. Mm-hmm. They took something that wasn't at all what they made it out to be, an impeachable offense, a um, coordinated, you know, like the, like the responsibility was on Trump for that. It fucking wasn't. And it wasn't an insurrection. It was embarrassing. And it, it, was, it, was, it was all sorts of things. Yeah. But they tried to get... A missed opportunity. They, they tried to bury him using this as an excuse trying to pretend that they had a legitimate legal grounds to bury this man because they're afraid of him. Now, that would be two instances, Mar-a-Lago and January 6th. That would be two instances. But it's not just two instances. No, it's it's Stormy Daniels. The entire, it's his, the, his entire public career, basically. Uh, yeah, public career as in office. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what what is obvious to everybody is a shit-scared group of establishment Democrats that don't want to face Trump, that are shit scared of what he's going to do to the political establishment, period. I I wonder if they are scared sometimes or if they just fucking hate him. Um, Why do they hate him? um, Because he is an outsider, because he's been this guy in, you know, like entertainment most of his career, you know, like, you know, real estate and stuff like that too, but also entertainment. And then he like comes in, and he's like making changes and taking shit over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if they're afraid of him. Look, look, look what they did with the last election. Like, I just don't really. I I think that the people who are in charge have like, you know, they have they've got power. You look at his presidency. Like they, you know, like he he ran on we're going to get all these people out of the Middle East. We're going to end all these wars. Didn't do any of it. Mm. And. A lot of it was because people just ignored him. He's the president. He's the fucking boss. And a lot of these people are just like, we're not fucking doing that. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a fucking problem. Um, I don't know what to say, man. I, I feel like the... I think he needs to come in. Somebody, maybe Trump, maybe DeSantis needs to come in and just be Caesar, dude. Like, actually take power. God damn it, man! That's no, what I, I, that's what I think. I mean, I, I don't think anything changes otherwise. If, if if that can be done by the philosopher king, then I would agree with you. But the philosopher king doesn't exist; it's a myth. So, yeah. so um, we just let things keep going the same way that no, they are. I think I think the best case scenario, and it's really, really not a a good thing. The best case scenario is that Trump gets reelected and makes the Democrats pay, and yeah. uses the same. Strategies I mean, for against them to show the other side how absolutely ridiculous. Make the, put them in a position to defend the actions that they just got done doing to Trump. Put them in the position to defend them as calling them unconstitutional, and make them make them criticize what they just did because they're protecting themselves from it. That's what you, make the hypocrisy so obvious that they can't hide from it anymore. Yeah, and. That tit-for-tat nonsense is not going to end well. And that's the best-case scenario as far as I'm concerned. The Democrats need to fucking pay for being children. I'm sorry I'm getting a little upset no, here. Good, man. I the like the it. Democrats need to fucking pay for being children. They have taken the 
as much as they pretend that the office of the president is this prestigious, symbolic role, that we need we need a, a, an eloquent speaking man of the world like Obama to sit in that chair. Yeah. Um, those say, I lost my train of thought, man. <laughs> I got a little angry. Um, they pretend to have reverence for the office of the president of the United mm-hmm. States, and yet they're continuing to rob it of its authority, to rob it of its um, respectability, mm-hmm. and and pointing the finger at Trump as though he's the one that's doing it. You know, I, I'm not saying he didn't contribute to it. He he wrote executive orders and he did all kinds of things that are that are bad too. But we have this situation now where the Supreme Court is being undermined. The pre- this, this role of the president is being undermined. The role of Congress is being undermined. And they're all doing it to each other. But the executive office is taking more and more power away from both the judiciary and the Congress. And that's little baby steps towards Caesar. And as much as you think that might be a good thing, I fucking don't, man. I do, man. I want it <laughs> at this point. Fuck it. I don't really like... I don't really see much of a difference between what you're suggesting and, and a Caesar. Like, I mean, he comes in. What, like, what would you say day one if you were Trump? What would you do? I would, I would expose all of the, all of the shit. I, I would, I would. How make, do you do that? I would, I would find whatever physical document evidence I can to show of the collusion, the back deals, the corruption, the money changing hands, how, how these, how these people use the department of justice and the FBI against him. Um, how, how the, the, the political contributions are totally one-sided, how all these, all these high level politicians are. I just don't know how he does that with, Okay. I would do it every single day in every possible yeah, way I can. I would make shit up. I would, I would make shit up. I would do it. I would do it. And I would. I would do it the way they've done it. I would dump it on them like a dump truck and not stop until they're fucking. I'm, I seriously think that the Democrats are children. They're little children that have no business being in power, have no business making big boy decisions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the Republicans are much better, but the Democrats have proven themselves to be willing to do dirty fucking shit and hide and lie. And uh, the legitimacy of, of the last election, in my opinion, is is questionable. Oh, yeah. And that's their fault. And it, it goes so deep that they're... <sighs> goes so deep that the corrupt the corruption involved with the voting machines by itself and the back doors and the pretending the back doors don't exist and all that shit it's so bad Kyle mm. that when you add it all up the Democrats deserve to be spanked they their, their pants need to be pulled down they need to be publicly spanked they need yeah. to cry with the cameras on their faces and apologize that's yeah. what I think I think uh you know who the perfect person to do that to them would be? Jordan Peterson. Caesar. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't want to feel, I don't want to sound like I'm like, I think the Republicans are the solution to this. I don't, I don't want to sound like that's the case. I'm just so mad at the Democrats for being so fucking terrible and willing to bring the whole system down to keep their power. They need to be punished, Kyle. And I don't know who's going to do it or what form that's going to take. I wish, I wish reasonable people would vote them out and put in term limits. That's so and, ridiculous. And cap, you know, and cap the Congress's salaries yeah. and g- take away the ability for them to give themselves raises. Make some common sense fucking changes. Make them accountable. You know, yeah. for fuck's sake, Kyle. Tell you what I would do if I was Trump. And the problem is, Trump has not necessarily demonstrated that he's capable of this. I would fire. Everyone, yes, 
Like, uh, and see, this sounds like this sounds like Caesar Caesar shit to me. Um, like every appointed position that the president is capable of firing and hiring people for, get rid of them. Unless there's like, unless there's demonstrable proof that they are like okay, um, head of the CIA, head of the FBI, head of all of these organizations, yep. get rid of them. Yep. Hire people that you can trust. That's and that's what I think that tr- Trump has not necessarily demonstrated that he's good at doing. Mm. Bringing in people that he can trust. Um, he tried, you know, like that Michael Flynn guy that they completely fucked over. Uh, in the beginning, he had some okay people, but he either alienated them or, you know, the Dem- Democrats tried to ruin them completely. Uh, and then he started bringing in people like John Bolton, who is just like a swamp creature. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, fire the person in charge of the FBI, bring in someone that you know you can trust, and then do what you said you were going to do with Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Take that bitch down. Put her in prison. Yeah. If she did something wrong, which, I mean, what are the ch- what are the chances that she didn't and all of this is just bullshit? Put her in prison. That seems like Caesar shit to me, though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he should, maybe he should, maybe he should take her through the public humiliation and the admission of guilt and then pardon her. No. Because our God is a what does he, what does he say in three hundred? <laughs> I am a generous God. I am a generous God. Uh, Listen, um, man, how is it that all of the high ups in the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the CIA, and the military, how is it that all the high ups are liberal? Because they are. Mm-hmm. Because all those people are allowing they're they're allowing unconstitutional and clearly deceptive shit to happen they're allowing themselves to be weaponized they're not pushing back seemingly because they fucking want to you know they want to bury trump they want to be one-sided they they don't want to be fair they yeah. don't want to represent the people you See, know stuff like this kind of annoys me but i'm still gonna say it uh i don't really think that liberal is like an accurate it's not descriptor it's not. or or the motivating factor like power that's what it is you know these yeah. people they want to the, the like the generals who get high up they want to align themselves with the people who are currently in power so they will adopt whatever ideology if the people in power were like super far right wing that's what they would be i have no doubt about that see that's what scares me uh as much as i as much as I think that the that the Democrats, that the progressives, whatever you want to call them, have royally fucked us, the whole not just the people, the system, it's unforgivable what they've done. Um, I don't know that the Republicans doing that to them makes anything better, you know. And if they if they go the high ground, which they've done before, like if you if you remember during the Obama um, first Obama uh, election, there was all kinds of interesting material about his um, his birth certificate his his <laughs> his par- his parentage his religion the pictures of him wearing the african garb you know and, t- and uh, wherever he's from i can't remember kenya well, i can't remember yeah um hawaii all, all that stuff it was on it was on glenn beck's show it was on yeah. it was on drudge report but yeah. it wasn't on fox news it wasn't it didn't come up during the debates because the republicans took the high ground they didn't say what they could have said, 
well, he can't have a Muslim as a president. They, they, they could have sh- shined a, cast a shadow over that pristine Bad character. move. Bad move on Fox News' part. Well, it was. Yeah. Because the Democrats play dirty every time they can. Every single time. They're playing 3D chess six moves ahead and don't give a fuck. And the Republicans had an opportunity to play dirty and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And they lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think if you look back at those elections, you know, with Obama, the first one was with John McCain. The second one was with Mitt Romney. And... Like, what is the difference? Yeah. You know, like, there's not much of a difference between those candidates. I, I, You know, like, especially now, in hindsight, having just gone through Trump and everything, who is, like, you know, different. <laughs> He's different than those guys. You can say that at the very least. There's not, you know, Mitt, John McCain is, like, the worst Republican ever. Yep. <laughs> Mitt Romney is, like, maybe a close second. Um, so, I... I just think that, like, they didn't play dirty because it didn't matter. They're all, like, you know, like like what I said earlier about they're aligning themselves with power. They're aligning themselves with the establishment. And both of those candidates, Barack Obama and John McCain and Mitt Romney, they're all just establishment candidates, you know? It's, It's so cowardly to me to rely on identity with a group of the empower people to capture your own bit of power mm. so cowardly man do it like elon musk did it do it by your fucking bootstraps do it do it on your own you know yeah what, what do you think about desantis in there as opposed to trump because it seems to me like desantis would be a he would be a strong-handed power figure mm-hmm. and he would be uh more presidential right he'd be more presidential than trump um what 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 do you think about that? Do you think that'd be a better alternative? Do you think it would accomplish I've, the same thing? If I was like calling the shots and like giving Ron DeSantis advice, I would recommend Ron DeSantis just stay in Florida, be the king of Florida. Um, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, and I think that Ron DeSantis probably would be better than Trump. I think that he's more capable Um I think that he surrounds himself with better people than Trump. Uh, but I don't know. Like, once he, once he gets up to that federal level and he's got, the, you know, the gears of the machine grinding against him, mm-hmm. I really don't know how it would go. Yeah. That's interesting. It's all, all mysterious. Like we don't know what the wheels, the gears of the machine are. Yeah. But I'm curious, man. Yeah. I'm curious how much... Red tape, how much restriction, how, how many bonds are, are tying you down the moment you step into the Oval Office? Like, what, what do you learn? Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't even think we want to know. Like, <laughs> I bet you it's really depressing. I, I, I do know that presidents never seem to do, be able to do what they say they want to do. And I don't know if it's because they didn't really want to do it and don't, aren't really trying or if they, you know, can't. Yeah. I think... If I had to guess, I would say that Trump, when he was running and making all those promises, he probably thought, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do this shit, you know? I'll be the president. Who's going to fucking stop me? And then he becomes president. And like we said earlier, people just are like, oh, that's what you want to do? Okay. Then they leave and they're like, that's not happening, Hmm. you know? Um, Man, I... um 
I think about <clears throat> like the consequences of the policies. So I, I, and I, I have to assume it's intentional. Like whatever's happening based upon the Democrats' policies has to be intentional, has to be what they want to happen. Because if it wasn't, they would change the policies. And I try to imagine like the outcomes of a Trump's policies versus Biden's policies, if they're permanent, you know, it's like if they're permanent. Biden's policies are letting in millions and millions of illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a drain on our resources as a country. It's a drain on our jobs. It's a drain on our t- tax revenues for supporting um, um, uh, those, those uh, what do you call them? Uh, they're not asylum seekers. What do you call them? The, the migrants, the migrants, you know. Aliens. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, you're you're going to get potentially lots of new voters and you can see that the Democrats have, have already talked about wanting, not only wanting, this is, this is, this says more than anything, not only wanting illegal non-citizens to have the right to vote, just like every other legal citizen, but they also want to reduce the voting age to 16. Nancy Pelosi, you fucking monster. Monster, you want you want to bring in as many as many illegals as you can to buy their vote by offering them a better country to live in, and then you want to get dumber people, kids who don't have any life experience, to go and vote for you because that's why because that's the only people you can convince. You monster, mm-hmm. a sixteen-year-old kid. You know how fucking dumb you were when you were sixteen. Oh, super dumb, Lady Pelosi. Let me ask you, man, how dumb were you when you were sixteen? I'm guessing pretty fucking dumb because we all were, man. You think a 16-year-old should vote? I don't think an 18-year-old should vote. No fucking way do I think it makes sense to have an 18-year-old vote. I don't think anybody but land-owning men should vote, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. 25 should be the voting age, and I still think that's that's not enough for some people. If you if you get scientific and we say your brain's not done developing until you're 28, that makes a lot of sense to me. And if only 28-year-old people and up were allowed to vote... Do you think the Democrats will be in power at all? You don't have the college kids anymore. You don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that they might still, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that a lot of a lot of older people are fucking dumb. If your long-term strategy is to continue to bring in illegals and to allow younger and younger people to vote, if that is your strategy for staying in power, guys... Open your eyes. What does that mean? It's not good. It is not good. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's definitely not good. Um, I think... I think... Like, the idea that there's going to be some kind of a revolution and that, like, the American citizens are going to have, like, a, at some point, they're just... We're going to have enough of this. I don't really think that that's going to happen. Um, maybe, but I, I doubt it. I think what's more likely is that they'll keep bringing in the immigrants, you know, giving them more and more rights, you know, uh, handouts and rights and the right to vote. And then I think that things are going to get ugly, just to, to be honest with you, between the people, not necessarily between the people and the government, but between, you know, the citizens and the immigrants. I think that that's a likely scenario. Mm. So that's terrifying. It's not good. I do think that uh, the 
illegal immig- immigration from Mexico is going to bite the Democrats in the long run. I think that those people are going to come here and they're going to vote Republican. Yeah. Um, I think those good Catholic people, those good conservative Catholic people that don't like abortions and, uh, you know, all that, those, those people are going to come here and if they're given the right to vote, many of them are going to say, you know, we're, we're going to vote for the conservative people. Yeah. You know, it's like we're already here. You know, who cares if they close the border at this point? Oh, boy. And if you look at Trump's policies, you know, keeping the illegal immigrants from coming in, uh, I don't know, man. I think that's where the line between the, the liberals and the conservatives really is most obvious is when we're talking about immigration. Yeah. I think the conservatives think that that's a risk to, you know, it's just like, um, it's just like any, when two worlds come together and they clash, you know, it's like you you run a risk of upsetting the equilibrium when you, when you do that. And that, that's how conservatives think. Like, you know, keep the borders closed, status quo, you know, we should, the more uniform we are, the more we're going to all get along and be on the same page. And that can be scary too, man. That's like this far away from some Nazi shit, man. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I tend to align more on that side of things. What, are you telling me we're going to have to have John, the white supremacist, back on to, to have another conversation? Yeah, I think we <laughs> fucked up with John, man. I think that that interview could have gone a lot differently. He could have gone. He, he wanted to talk about politics, and I could not let go you of his racism. You just beat the racism down, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and po- politics-wise... I don't know, man. I think that he uh, he he said some smart shit. To be perfectly honest with you, well, just just to refresh the the audience, it goes back a long ways. Um, what 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 that particular gentleman uh, who we had on just because we honestly, I I honestly didn't believe white supremacists existed in this country, yeah, and it, and I, that they were just quacks and fringe people, and I still think that's the case. I think that there's not many of them, and that they're not organized, and they're not powerful, and that they're just a bunch of nerds in their basement, you know, with that with, with haven't had success in their life, and are th- blaming it on black people. I think it's obvious to me, anyways, that you are more or less right, but I think that there are more of them than you would suspect. You're probably right. And that scares me a little bit too much to to, nah, to scare consider, but what what John said was that the more uniform the culture is, the more they get along, the more they work together, the less disruption there is to their society. And if you look at uniform cultures like Japan or Sweden, you can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Japan. What do people say? It's so clean. Nobody litters. Everyone's respectful of each other. They give they give you personal space. The subway's clean. The bathrooms are clean. People aren't throwing spitballs on the ceiling. You know, it's like wait a minute, that's kind of cool. And Sweden is the same way. You know, it's like well, it was yeah, not anymore, man. Immigration's done a number on Sweden. <laughs> oh boy, it has. Yeah, dude, Sweden's fucked. Really, Sweden is. Yeah, you don't know this. Uh, I mean, are you talking about Arab Arab immigrants from the Middle East? Um, It's not good. You know, I I haven't heard about Sweden specifically. I remember a while ago hearing about the UK becoming, uh, parts of the UK becoming really dangerous and the Sharia courts that they set up to replace the government courts. And I thought, that is fucked. Yeah. That is so fucked, England. Um, But I hadn't heard about Sweden. You know, as far as Sharia courts go, I kind of think that as long as they're not subjecting the British population to Sharia courts, if these Muslims want to have Sharia courts, I almost feel like let them have them. So this is the thing. 
you're taking a religious law and you're saying that it is higher, it has a higher authority than the civil law, and that's something that the West, that's the one of the greatest achievements of the West, to separate church and state. So that the civil law applies to everyone. Everyone's equal under the law, but not everyone's equal under Sharia, right? Yeah. Kafir, white boy, you're not equal under under Sharia. Yeah, but like I just said, you can't, for, you can't, the only people that you can subject to Sharia law are the people who are partaking in that community. So suppose that's the case and there's no overreach. You still have two courts, one religious, one secular, and they're choosing their own courts over the secular court. And so if I break the law and I've broken a civil law, I've stolen from you, I should go to civil court and go through the process. I shouldn't have my hand cut off in Sharia court because I'm a Muslim. Maybe you should. No, man. (laughs) No. Because if we don't separate church and state, then you're going to end up with religious fanatics taking over government. And that's what happened in it's what happened in the Middle East right now. That's not what we want. We don't want a theocracy, man. I don't know, do we? <laughs> <laughs> if there was a philosopher king, then we could have a theocracy, but we can't. I don't know. <laughs> God. I just uh you know, obviously I don't I don't want my hand to be cut off, but I wouldn't steal anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I um I think it's fucked. I think that you I think we did a good job of making religion a more or less a private thing um, and, and, re- and divorcing it from the government. And I think that the benefits of that are historically evident. You don't have, there's no argument to be made. If you go back to, pre, you know, to the classical times when the kings and the Caesar were, were also religious figures, it, it, you know, the, people weren't, the people weren't free. The people were, were taxed to oblivion. The people were you know, uh, unduly influenced by nonsense and I just you shouldn't be subjected to it you know uh, and you should have freedom to believe otherwise and if you if you end up with a theocracy you don't have freedom to believe otherwise and that's a huge problem man it's mind control at the deepest level because your your belief in God it says something about your identity personally it's the well, your understanding of God in my opinion is the deepest part of your identity it's the deepest part of yourself and if somebody tells you no, you have to believe this about God, and you can't you can't behave or believe any of these other things, motherfucker. Those are fighting words, man. I do not care for that. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I, I mean, I think. So you said that it's mind control at the deepest level. I don't know that what's going on currently is not like as bad in mm. terms of mind control. Yeah, I agree. So, but but people argue that the progressive. That the progressive, what do you what do you call it, regime, is a religion, and yeah, you, and, it kind of is, and it kind of is, man. And you can see the type of people that are your classical progressives, you know, the college educated, um, typical liberal. They're atheists, you know. They believe in empiricism and the scientific method. They brush off all of the hippy dippy stuff. They don't have room for nonsense in their life. Uh, why am I why am I going down this vein? Because it's a religion. I, I lost my thread, dude. I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> um, ah, fuck it, lost it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that um, if a community wants to subject themselves to religious rules, then they should be able to do that. Uh, you know. 
Yeah. Um, if and if they want to police their community, their community strictly, I don't know, man. I think that they should be able to do that. So what happens if someone rises up in the community that that wants to? It doesn't want to um, be subject to that. If they're being policed, then they're not able to to choose otherwise. So if you have a religious community and you're a member of that community, the way you're talking is like you belong to the community. And the community has a right to police I you. I think that you... I think that in a lot of ways, you give yourself over to to communities. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the social contract type of thing. But individual liberty is that you have the ability to act otherwise. And if you say that the, that the religious community, you're not choosing. You're born into this community. You're not sure. choosing. You don't choose your religion. You don't choose your community. So you so, leave the community. As long as that's possible. Then as it, long then as it's, it's possible. And then it's fine. But if it's not, and it's, and it's like there's a couple ways that can happen. If you're being policed, and you can imagine in, in, a, in a conservative Muslim country, uh, apostasy is, um, is a, a death-worthy sin. Mm-hmm. If you say, look, I was born in this Muslim um, community, but I'm not, I don't want to be a Muslim. I don't want any of this. They'll, they'll kill you. Yeah. You don't have the freedom to. That's one, that's one option. The other option is they let you go, but then you're in the desert and you have no support. It's like Daniel when he left the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's like everyone's gone. And what are you going to do? You can't feed yourself. You, you, all your infrastructure that you rely on is gone. You can leave, but you're going to die in the desert, dude, all by yourself. Um, and that's equally bad. You should have the ability to thrive regardless. And that's what protecting individual liberty does. That totalitarianism doesn't. And you're worrying me with your, with your wandering towards totalitarianism, <laughs> Kyle. No, I'm not wandering towards totalitarianism. I'm wandering towards, I, I think... Freedom. I think that I'm wandering towards I think that this like overarching we're going to tell these groups of people which people are always going to find their way into groups. Always. There's no like this we're all individuals it's nonsense. Um People are always going to find their way into groups. And having this overarching system that tells groups how they have to behave, that's not freedom. Hmm. I'm suspicious of groups, man. I know you are. Very suspicious of groups. I just don't think that there's... I think you... There's no such thing as an individual in a lot of ways. You know, like... There's ways in which I agree with you, but there's parts of my soul that are screaming at you right now. It's like... It's like the group depends on the individual. There is no group without individuals. They're indispensable. But as soon as they become a group, they lose their individuality. And I'm like, hold just a cotton picking minute, man. That's racist. Uh, well, <laughs> is it racist to pick cotton? Yeah, dude. It is? <laughs> just fucking around. I don't know. I, I mean, I think white people have picked cotton. I think machines pick cotton. I'm pretty sure well, that's racist. I'm pretty sure we're forcing these machines to do this. Yeah, man. <laughs> these machines need to form a group. I think both of the shirts we're wearing were made from cotton that was picked and uh, slave labor, robot slave labor. Robot slave labor. Hey, man. Speaking of robots, I had this thought. I think I put it on Twitter, but I want to ask you about this kind of 
kind of interesting to think about, kind of blew my mind. So the conversation came up about artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, and whether we're going to be able to upload consciousness into a server. I that, don't think that so. That idea. But imagine we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Imagine we, we manage this. This is going to be some time in the future where technology is way more advanced. So put yourself in this fantasy land with me sure. in the future. And we, we managed to put our consciousness into some sort of a server. Mm-hmm. And we've done this in a sophisticated way. It doesn't require power, the server. And I, I propose maybe that the server is powered by gravity or something. Like it doesn't need sunlight. It doesn't need anything. It's just going to exist forever. It's made of carbon. It's made of diamond. Whatever. It's, it's, it's never going anywhere. And time goes by and the civilization uh, rises and falls and a comet destroys the earth or whatever. And all the human beings die. Yeah. And then enough time goes by that the, the heat death of the universe happens, where all of the stars, the universe expands, all the stars get further and further away until nothing interacts with anything anymore, and it's just empty space, and all the stars have died, mm-hmm. and there's nothing. It's, it's called the heat death of the universe. That's yeah. what some scientists, some physicists think is going to happen eventually. This happens. So we just have empty space with no energy no nothing. And here comes this diamond server just floating through space. It's the only thing that exists anymore. And in that server is consciousness. Do you think that the consciousness in that server will wonder, where did I come from? What's the, what's the invisible supernatural thing that created me? And, you know, what is, where is, what is this thing, what is this place that I find myself in, you know? This space that I exist, this digital space that I exist in, is this all that exists? Or is there an objective world outside of this space that I exist in? All the same conversations we have, right? We're in the server, Kyle, and we imagine that there's the ones and zeros outside. Mm. And we're in this illusion, and there's some real reality, maybe, outside that we can, that we can uh, imagine. And that we must have been created, you know, because we're here, and I didn't create myself. Either I'm eternal, or I was created. Is that, does that mean there's a God? Do you think the fucking consciousness in the server would imagine and ask those same questions that we ask? Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. What do you think about that analogy that that consciousness contained in a server would have no perception of a world outside of itself? It's hard for me to really wrap my it's not not hard for me to wrap my head around it. It's hard for me to take it seriously because I don't think that that will happen. Yeah, you gotta um, you gotta go with me on this, man. Yeah, I know it's hard to though. I mean, but I do imagine that questions about reality and God would still come up in that situation, and you would have uh, you would have a legitimate reality to the idea of an objective world outside of the server, outside of perception. You would have, you know, you would have a reality nested in a larger reality. Yeah, and that's the kind of shit Jordan Peterson talks about. That's the kind of shit physicists talk about when they're. <clears throat> talking about dimensionality and mul- multiple universes and all kinds of shit. It's really interesting. So, being that you, you know, the, the stuff that you believe about, um, you know, the Terminator 2 substance and all of that, yeah. you know, do you think that that's likely? I mean, just to, like, go away from you, this, like, thought of experiment yeah. and more strictly to the... Artificial intelligence, like gaining sentience. Oh, do I think it's likely that or consciousness could be 
uploaded yeah. into a server or recreated. Yeah, yeah. So recreated, or like to create consciousness or to take consciousness and put mm. it into something. Mm. Either of those scenarios. So I, I don't think that's likely, and I, and it's not an educated. It's not, it's not an educated like uh, mm. point of view. I I heard Bernardo Kastrup, who works in AI, um, talk about it. And, yeah. he, and he said he doesn't think it's possible. And nice. so I sort of think if Bernardo thinks it's not possible, then I kind of think it's not possible. So I, I'm just saying I've not researched that opinion. Um, he, he thinks that uh, that consciousness is not something that can be bottled up, that he thinks that consciousness or mentation, as he calls it, is everything that exists. Um, I think that it might be possible to create something like those robots that, like then that Japanese robot that like she's like a secretary and you can talk to her and shit like that. Like I think there's gonna come a time where we can duplicate human behavior and facial expressions and all that stuff, and we can build a robot that will fool us. You know, we already see that with chatbots, really sophisticated AI chatbots, sure. where you you know some people have a really hard time telling whether they're talking to a human or not. Um, I think that's gonna be possible mm-hmm. that we'll be able to. We'll be able to duplicate and and fool people in thinking that uh, this fabricated creature is a real human being. If, if enough time is allowed and we continue to work on it, that's possible. But if you ask me, do I think that robot is conscious? I would say no. Yeah. We've 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 made an automaton that acts out consciousness, but isn't there's there's the lights are off, you know, inside. That's that's what I would think. That's what I think. Too. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it will ever happen. Mm. Um, but, but if consciousness is everything, if it is, you know, um, if if the cosmos and experience and consciousness are all mind, then if you created a, an artificial receiver for mind, maybe it, it would pick up that signal and that's out there in the ether. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think that's doesn't seem realistic, but, you know, it can make a good sci-fi movie. Yeah, I think it probably has made some good sci-fi yeah, movies. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, I don't... Maybe. I just doubt it, you know? I And that's like a departure from how I felt in the past. Like, I used to be like, yeah, it'll happen. We'll totally be able to do that. Now it just seems silly to me. Especially because, like, a lot of these people who, like, advocate for that sort of thing... They're like in the same milieu of people who are like, oh, it's all material. Exactly. It's like, so what? Like, so you're saying that there is no such thing as consciousness, but we're going to take our consciousness and download it into a computer? What are you saying? Yeah. Nothing you're saying makes You're yeah. contradicting yourself. Yeah. The fact that those people say that consciousness is computation. I'm just like, no, dude. Yeah. No. You can create uh, an AI can do computations way faster than a human being you can you can they already have it mm-hmm. you know you can have way more sophisticated computation and you're not getting experience out of it yeah. you're just getting a problem you're getting a calculator you're in you know human beings are partly a calculator mm-hmm. you can make a better calculator for sure but you're not making a human yeah you know true <laughs> i don't know man I, I could be wrong um no, i don't think so So I wanted to, well, that was one idea. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about um, 
a live stream I did for a couple reasons. I did a live stream with the um, with a friend on uh, on Twitter who's got a uh, YouTube channel called um, uh, Identity Idealism Identity. It's called. Um, if you check it out, it's a uh, super super nice guy, um, dude named Jordan from California. Like California, like minded, like minded guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I just met him on Twitter. You know, I didn't realize he had a YouTube channel and was doing videos. And uh, but good for him, man. And and uh, we used a software for the live stream. And I wanted to talk to you about that first because we've talked about whether doing more on YouTube makes sense. And I think it fucking does make sense. Yeah. Um, but we don't know how exactly how to get started. And we just continued doing what we're doing. And, you know, we're busy people. So it just hasn't happened. So I told you I used Melon with Daniel Torridan when we got together uh, oh. for a live stream. With um, with Jordan, we did... Um, he's uh, at Monistic Idealism on Twitter, if anybody's interested. Um, we did... Um, what's it called Streamyard, and they're very similar mm-hmm. and they're it's i mean way easier than i thought because somebody has put together um the application that does all the hard shit for you yeah so it it, it operates a lot like you're doing a zoom meeting but when you when you download the app on on uh, your computer it just recognizes your microphone and you click yes and boom you're in business it links up your microphone you know you're you don't have to go into options and figure out the audio settings you don't have to do any of that shit it just does it for you it was easier than I thought. So I think that's something we could probably do, man. StreamYard. So you might want to check that out. StreamYard. Yep. Noted. Noted. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of things like that. Um, so I think Melon is like a product of Streamlabs. Okay. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's just a bunch of shit, you know? Yeah. But I'll, I'll check it's, out it's, StreamYard. It was so cool, man, because we, um, we could share screens. Yeah. And if we wanted to look at images like Joe Rogan style, we want to look at an image of something, we could pull it up. Cool. Um, we could do the same thing with videos or audio. So it's all built in, you know. It's it's way easier than I thought. I think we can do it, man. I think we could throw some shit together. Hell yeah! What do, who? I mean, what are we gonna do? We could do this, but just but just um, you know use images uh, put together in you know a, a PowerPoint presentation for lack of a better word to have images and, and maybe music. Uh, to accompany the conversation. So, okay, so you and I are still here in person having the conversation, but now we have a video element yeah, to it. Yeah, All right. I like I like that a lot. And actually. and we can have guests that way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just seemed like it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. You know, anytime you have a new problem to solve, you're like fuck intimidated by it because you're like I haven't started, especially a technological problem. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I like to think of myself as. Like, I'm not too intimidated by technology. I'm, like, happy to get in there and learn new technology. But I don't know, man. I think I am, like, I think I'm, like, reaching the <laughs> the, the drop-off point, you know? Yeah, I feel that way, too. Uh, I feel like I have to keep um, put, putting myself in the position to learn it. Yeah. Because if I let it go, if I just say, you, you know what, I've learned behind, enough dude. in my life. Easily, easily, yeah. yeah. It's already starting to happen, so I can definitely see that. Yeah, man. It's scary. So, but the conversation was cool, man. We uh, we spent an hour together. Uh, it was early morning for him, um, early afternoon for me. Uh, the wife was out playing softball. By the way, my wife is a ch- her team won the championship uh, for her softball league, like the fourth year in a row. Yeah. And this is the first year she she started a bowling league, and they're all they also won that. Damn. So she's a double champion, my wife. And I sent my buddy um, uh, Kevin a text because his wife plays on the team with with my wife. And I was like, Hey, I hear you're married to a champion bowler. He was like. Yeah, I heard the same about you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. 
Yep. So I'm going to have sex with a multiple sport champion later today, probably. Probably. Yeah. Nice, dude. How does that make you feel? Like a champion. Yeah, it's like rubbing off on you. Like a champion by osmosis. Yeah, absolutely. We actually make that joke sometimes because, you know, when you're with somebody for long enough, you start to, like, adopt certain things from each other, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's, like, manners of speaking or facial expressions or things like that. But there are things that you, after a while, you start to borrow things from each other. I mean... You and I have, have done a fair share of that. Me and Matthew have done a fair share of that. Just spending a lot of time together, yeah. that's what happens. But that's what happens with, uh, with you, when, you, when, you when you're married to somebody, you know? Yeah. And uh, my wife always makes this joke that, um, uh, that, we, that when we have sex, we, uh, we're transmitting data back and forth. You know, yeah. like our bodily fluids are transmitting data back and forth. So the joke now is just one word. It's just data. So she'll, so if she notices that I'm doing something that she does or, or vice versa, she'll just say data. Data. You know. I say data. but Yeah, I, I say either way. I'll tell you what I don't say. <laughs> what? Don't potato. Say? Potato? I don't think anybody does. Yeah, just in that one song. Yep. Who sings that song? Is that Sinatra? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, really. Um. But yeah, what'd you guys talk about? You and uh, Jordan from yeah. California. Well, basically that that whole conversation was it started out of interest. He mentioned uh, that he was going to do a live stream, but it was like eleven o'clock p.m. my time, and I'm like, dude, I'd love to, but I'm not. Too late, bro. Uh, it's too late for me, man. Um, so he he kind of made special arrangements so that I could come on, and it was just out of curiosity because you know there's some people on Twitter that you will bump into that. Uh, you seem pretty simpatico with and you'll see their tweets and you're like right on man and then you'll tweet something and they're like hey right on man and after a while you're like this dude's all right yeah you know so that's what happened with me and him and um uh we the curiosity was well this guy believes crazy shit like i do you know he's an idealist he believes that the world is mind that that reality is mind and i'm like dude you're my kind of crazy man <laughs> I, like i want to know what got you to that p- place where you thought the, the cosmos is mind because I fucking have a story for you, man. So he was like, well, then come on and tell me your story and I'll tell you my story. So that was the whole thing. It was just tell me what, what brought you here and I'll tell you what brought me here. And so it opened up. He just asked me that question and I just rattled on and on and on for a long time because I, I like to do that, you know? Sure. Um, but we turns out we have a lot of, of interesting things in common. He grew up in a Protestant Christian household. He's, he never even in his rebellious teenage years, abandoned the idea of God. He was never an atheist. Neither was I. Um, I grew up in a Protestant Christian household. Um, he's still a Christian. So am I. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think that means a lot of different things than most Christians, but I still consider myself one. And I thought that was cool, man. It's like he got to this crazy place in his mind, and he came from a background not that dissimilar from mine. And never gave up on the idea of God, even in his teenage years, which most people do, at least question it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I never could. So I just thought there were some interesting connections in uh, our personalities. And uh, it was an easy conversation, man. He's, uh, he's a really, really nice dude. We talked about psychedelics a lot. Uh, I probably went into more detail on my MDMA experience on that conversation than maybe that I've had on even on Two Tongues. Because um, I was trying to tell a story. You know, I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't really just answering a question. I was trying to tell a story. So I'm like fleshing it out. Yeah, I'm like, this is what it tasted like. This is what I noticed this. You know, this is what I was doing. Um, and 
it was fun, man. Uh, he asked me some questions. Um, we only had an hour, so we, you know we couldn't get like super duper deep. And I'm long winded, as you can see right now. <laughs> I'm a long winded bloke. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, man. Big old bag of wind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said he said we'll probably do another one, so maybe we'll uh, have more time to dig in. Cool. In the future. Nice, man. Um, oh, I, I talked about you a little bit. I don't think it was on the live stream. Might have been before the live stream. Uh, but I told him like, I told him that you. I'm an authoritarian theocrat. <laughs> what else? Like, like you grew you grew up in a religious um, family, like m- more um, religious, I would think, than mine, uh, in terms of just go- going to church regularly and all that kind of Every stuff. Every fucking Sunday. And uh, and then you went into your rebellious stage, like everybody does, and you were just like, God doesn't exist, you know. And I and that was a place I could never go. Yeah. And then it's not a good place. Don't go there. <laughs> and then you became this. Uh, like anarcho-capitalist type of figure. And then you started getting pulled back into religion. And I'm like, and I'm telling Jordan, I'm like, dude, this guy, this guy, he didn't just start like tiptoeing back into religion. Like, no, this dude, this dude went to an Orthodox church for three hours and listened to a service in Russian that he didn't, didn't understand. And uh, we had, we had a good laugh about that before, but, uh, uh, but that you're an interesting dude, man. That I makes for, makes for an interesting well, I don't dude. I don't really try to be, I don't try to be interesting. I think it would have been nice to have you on that on that live stream. So maybe maybe that we can make that happen, or yeah. maybe maybe we can invite Jordan on the Two Tongues podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, fucking a man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I that's cool, man. I I really I want to start doing more of that stuff, like talking to people. You know, there's a lot of interesting people out there. Yeah, and not necessarily. You know, like we've had. We've had some disappointments with like getting people who like could have been big guests. Yep. Like saying, "Yeah, I'll come on the show," and then they fucking don't. We had two, two in particular over the last two years that would have been pretty high profile guests for us, and they didn't end up fleshing out. But for a while, it seemed like they were, and that was exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that's another thing Jordan said to me. He said, it, "I could tell that he." Uh, he actually listened to the podcast because he was bringing stuff up that you would only know if you listened to the podcast, which made me feel good, man. It's like, there's listeners out there. That's cool. That is cool. Um, oh, he said that, uh, he was like, yeah, I, like, I mean, this is a compliment, but your um, number, number of followers on Twitter does not represent the quality of the shit you're putting out. Like, there's an audience for, for, for you out there. Like, where are, where are your friends, man? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's actually encouraging, you know? So it just means that we have, you know, we maybe we haven't gotten into the right uh, circles yet. I mean, that's what we need to do is to find the people that, um, you know, that this kind of conversation revs their engine. Yeah, I've got over 400 fucking followers, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle's doing okay. No, no, I, I could I could be doing better for sure. But, you know, there's just no effort to advertise. And, uh, yeah. you know, just want it to be organic and we're just doing it because we want to do it. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean. That's it. I, I don't. It would be nice to have a bunch of listeners and followers and interaction and mm. maybe a little bit of money. That would be pretty fucking <laughs> yeah. sweet. But it's definitely not why, you know. I, I think uh, if if that is why I was doing it, it would affect the way that I did it. Mm. Um, and also I think that there are some people, especially in like the libertarian podcast space, who... It seems pretty obvious to me that even if it's not like the main reason they're doing it, that it's a big reason that they're doing it. Yeah, and it's just like kind of gross. No, I agree. I agree. I de- I, you, I definitely don't want to. 
Like, I just don't, I just don't care, really. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, to your point, it would be great uh, to have more interaction, you know, yeah. with people. That's, like, the thing that I would like the most, honestly. Yeah. Just like... Yeah. Uh, and I'll check... I'll check the messages that come in through the podcast website. Last time I did the the only thing that uh, was interesting in that in that list was uh it was basically like one of those Nigerian prince emails that came through the Two Tongues oh, yeah. website, but it was the funniest thing, man. It was about a uh it was a woman, somebody pretending to be a woman in the third world and was talking about wanting to come to the United States and how they were a nymphomaniac and uh, oh. yeah, like the way that the the way that the email was written, it was like I'm a sexy foreign lady, and I just want to come to America and suck on your dicks. And if you can only pay for my travel, you know that kind of thing. You'll get a blow. It was job. fucking hilarious. It was. It was like it was the most pandering shit you've ever heard in your That's life. Really laughable, funny. laughable. I yeah. get these messages on Twitter from, you know, people with names like Umbuku Jubaku. Yep. And it's like oh, Umbuku, yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, if I, okay, so they'll. Fu- if I get a follow on Twitter, I pretty much always follow the person back. That's just, you know, like my, one of my attempts to build my, you know, my interactions on Twitter. So if I get a follow, I follow them back. And uh, a lot of times someone will follow me and then I'll follow them. And then immediately after I follow them, I get a message from them. And that's pretty yeah. good indication that it's a scam or a bot or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times it's Mbuku. And he says, uh, God bless you, is the first thing, is the first message. And then it's like, uh, you know, my family in here in Africa, we're, we're so poor, please send us money. I get those so fucking frequently. Wow. And it makes me wonder, are people sending these people money? Somebody must. They have to be, right? Is if, if it's happening that frequently, if I'm, if I'm getting these messages that frequently, somebody must be sending them. Otherwise, why would they be doing it? You know what you should say to them? You should say... Oh, that's very terrible that you're in this position. I'm just curious what model iPhone you're, you're sending this email from. Yeah, exactly. Can, can you, <laughs> have you built a uh, Have you built a computer out of? Well, do they have coconuts in Africa? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I bought some berries. Berries that I never heard of. Like if I'm if I'm going to the grocery store and, yeah. I, and I bump into some fruit that I never heard of, oh, I'm excited. I'm like. There's something so boring to me about apples. Th- this is such a first world bullshit problem. But when I go into the store, I'm like apples and bananas and pears and plums. I'm like, you fucks. I've seen you before. You're, you're nothing to me. Go away. It's like the most delicious, the food most delicious the fruit from like all over the world. Nose up at but it. then I'm like, oh, what is this? What is jackfruit? What is, oh, yeah. What is jackfruit. <laughs> Dragon fruit. Golden berries. What are these golden berries? That's what I bought. These, these golden berries. And I think they're from Asia somewhere. Um, leches is another one, man. If you're, if you know, leches? if you know Spanish people, let's leches that milk cream. No, L Y C H. Oh, I think it's called. Is that what it's called? They're little. They're little berries. Um, it was like a milk berry. Mostly, mostly like if you see them here, they'll be in a jar or a can, hmm. and they're like sitting in like you know brine. Um, like no, not brine. Like sugar water. You okay. know, you know how they are. Syrup. But they're they're apparently they're eaten like in Latin American uh, countries, like they're eaten regularly, and yeah. uh, I, I never fucking heard of them. So I got these berries, these golden berries. I saw at the store. They're from Asia, I think, and they're a little distrustful, like orange berries. They got kind of a thick skin on them, and when you eat them, they they're almost like a tomato on the inside. Not the mm. flavor, but the way the way its consistency and the seeds and all that, and it's like. 
sour and just a little bit sweet. So imagine popping a little a little sour sweet tomato, golden sour sweet tomato in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I don't All know. my kids were like, "Fuck golden berries." <laughs> they had one bite of it. They're like, "No." You like it? I am still. It's like the smell of gasoline. You know, I, I just keep eating mm. them and I keep. It's just like, a, like I mean, do I like this or do I not like this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm distrustful of it because it's from Asia. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. You're going to get coronavirus from those golden berries. I'm surprised I didn't get coronavirus from you last last Sunday, Dude, I man. Was, I was not feeling it. I don't know what was up with me. I don't think it was corona. Mm. It's probably not. Corona's fucking fake. So. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, I don't know if I said it on the air or not, but the last, last Sunday when Kyle and I were talking, we were just looking at each other, having this conversation like we do every week, and he's just... Dripping sweat. His whole forehead is broken out in little beads of sweat. I actually felt better that day mm. than I had the because I I was like yeah I'll come, I'll be fine to come over and yeah. do it um, because you had given me the option to like not come over. Oh, I was trying know? to yeah I was trying to be courteous, man. Yeah, and I, and I was like no I should be all right, and then I get over here and I I didn't really feel sick, but like yeah I mean I was just still I guess like a little feverish. Mm. Maybe it was maybe it was breaking. Yeah, you know. So. It sucked. The first, it was Tuesday of last week. I think it was Tuesday of last week. I felt like I was going to die, dude. I, I I thought that maybe like my blood sugar was off and I was about to pass out. Uh, I threw up. Oh, shit. Um, I was at work and I threw out or I threw up out in the, the like backyard area. And then I, I finally like I went on my lunch break and I sat in my car for like an hour and my lunch break is only a half an hour. Oh God. Um, so then I finally like stumbled my way back in and talked to my boss and I'm fairly new at this job. So I don't like want to go home. You know, I'm like, I don't want to like, uh, you know, make myself look bad. Yeah. But I had to, I was like, I had to go home. So I live, I I leave, I drive home. I only live like five minutes away from where I work. Uh, as I'm pulling into my driveway, I like knew that I was going to throw up again oh, and I'm like I'll just like as soon as I open my door I'm just going to puke uh, right out of the car. I didn't make it. I threw up all over myself in oh, the car. Oh no. Yeah, luckily it was a, like it was like mostly water. So oh, you filthy creature. It sucked, man. I don't know. I, I still don't just don't know what the fuck it mm. was. I don't know what that was all about. And that feeling like you were going to die was it just that one day? Just that one day. Yeah, it, it lasted for Maybe a few hours. Did you feel like weak? Yeah, I felt like I didn't have any energy at all. Um, Were you dizzy? No, I wasn't really dizzy. But uh, like I said, just no energy. I felt kind of sore. Like my legs particularly Mm. felt really sore. Um, Hmm. Yeah, it was weird, man. It was weird. So I've been doing this um, workout routine that I found on the internet. Because, uh, well, I found it was easy. Tybo? No, I just searched. Like, I don't even know what I searched, but I got a routine. And um, it's something that, like, it's different every day. And it do- it doesn't repeat. Like, I was so used to doing this workouts that would repeat, like, every week or every other week. They, I would be repeating the same shit. And you get used to it. So this one is different every, it's like 15-day routine. Everything's completely different. And it's more intense than what I was doing. So my whole point was, like, it's easier for me if I have a list because then I just check them off and I do my shit. Otherwise, I give myself too much of a pass. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I won't do enough work. So I started doing this, and I'm getting sore in all kinds of ways that I haven't been sore before, um, which is probably good, you know. Uh, but there are days when I like 
I'll lift and then I'll run. I'll lift and then I'll run. Mm-hmm. There are days when I when I'll go to run and I'm so fucking sore. I'm like, you know, my legs are so sore. I can't run. So it dawned on me that the pool down the street, the city pool, I can just go swim laps. And I already have a pass. Like the whole family has a pass. And we go there just so the kids have something to do in the summer. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you could have been swimming laps all summer. If you're sore, just go swim laps. And I never swam before. I mean, I know how to swim, but I never swam like, you know, competitively. I don't know how to do backstroke, I, you know, whatever. So I went and I started doing it. I've done it twice. I'm not saying like I'm like, you know, been super disciplined about it. But when I get sore, uh, instead of like forcing myself to run and being in pain and whatever, I'll go and I'll swim. That's been really nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's relaxing. It's easy on your joints. Um, I don't feel sore. I don't feel the soreness in my muscles at all. I don't feel the fatigue because I'm in water. It's nice, cool water. I, I don't feel like I'm getting overheated. Mm-hmm. And I can do some serious work, man. Nice. So I did like probably like 20 laps. Uh, fucking fish. Or so, yeah, over the over the last two times I was there. And when I get home, I'm like starving, you know. Um, but I, I felt I felt weird. I felt like I overdid it, and I didn't even realize until I got out of the pool into my car. It's like my legs are shaky. I feel weak. I went home. I like drank a bunch of the pickle juice out of the jar. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I needed to. I needed to replace the salts or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it just seems like good exercise, man. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to keep doing it in, as long as the weather allows. You know. Do you ever think about just jumping into the lake? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, it would be cool though. Uh, I would if I thought that I could safely get back up onto. Yeah, yeah. It's it's precarious. It's out precarious. There. Yeah. So. That's cool. I mean, you know, they always talk about how swimming is really great exercise. I've never been a big swimmer either. I mean, I like swimming, and I have swam for exercise before, but, yeah, I never swam competitively or anything either. You want to hear a really Cleveland story? Cleveland? A really characteristically Cleveland story. Like, this is the kind of story that you would only hear from an industrial city like Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I took my kids to the beach. We're on Lake Erie. We're We're on the Lake Erie Beach. And they bring in all this sand, you know, so that you have like an actual beach kind of thing. We went to Huntington Beach. Okay. And um, there's a whole bunch of people there, and um, everyone's swimming, and it looks like a beach. And we get up there, we're playing for a little while, and we notice that there's a dead sheep head. What? Uh, there's just a dead, not a sheep's head. Oh, okay. Fish okay. Is called, the okay. fish is called a sheep head. I was thrown off by that. <laughs> um, somebody from Southern Ohio I bumped into told me they call him Drum. So it's a sheep head, we call them here, or a drum. They're they're not fish that you eat, sure. you know. But they're but they are big and they're fun to catch if you can catch them. Anyway, um, one was just floating, dead and floating there at the, at the beach. So people just swam like five feet away from it. They were just like, well, we're not going to swim right there on the dead fish. We're just going to take a couple steps over. We're going to swim over here next to the dead fish. And everyone was seemed to be fine with that. And then there was the girl there with her mom, and she was going around like looking, eyeballing the. Uh, the sand mm-hmm. um, and I'm like what is that what is she doing if you look at the sand they ship in the sand obviously we don't have you know like beach sand in Lake Erie but after a while all those zebra mussel shells that they put in the lake to clean because the lake used to be so gross um, all the zebra mussel shells they get washed up onto shore and then they get broken and then there's like little pieces of shells everywhere mixed in with the sand but that's not all that's mixed in with the sand you know all kinds of all kinds of shit you know yeah just all kinds of shit 
trash and stones and you know whatever various debris uh we found a really cool looking bone or tooth it's like a couple inches long like maybe oh, three inches that. long yeah. yeah we found that but th- this girl that was walking along the beach she was looking for sea glass mm. okay lake glass lake glass so for everyone listening that's drunk people's broken bottles and garbage that got thrown into the lake that has washed up on shore mm-hmm. but the thing is it's it's sea glass, man. It's just like the stuff they they pull out of the out of the bay in San Francisco. And they make jewelry out of it and sell it for tons of money, because the glass has been in there so long that it gets polished and rounded, and um, that's the case in San Francisco. It's like bottles from the eighteen hundreds yeah. that, that you like pull little pearls of different colored glass out of the water. It's cool. Some Chinaman was drinking while he was building the railroads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but the point is. That's what we're finding. And when, when we noticed that the girl was looking for it, some of us were like, okay, well, we'll you know, if we find some, we'll, we'll bring it to you. And we were there for like an hour. This girl was just scouring the beach, pulling glass out of the beach. And that's what we did. We pulled tons of glass out of the beach. And every piece we pulled out of the beach wasn't sharp. They were all rounded and soft. They almost didn't even feel like glass anymore. They felt a little, almost like like a ceramic or plastic or something um it was it was weird and one of them was actually the the rim of the bottle that mm. was intact wow that's so cool. it wasn't sharp the broken edges weren't sharp but you could tell it was the top of a bottle an old bottle um that's cool. and this chick is like selling that see she's going she's collecting the glass and selling it on the internet did for, she pay you for no, your labor no you you communist <laughs> <laughs> she, she looked like she was like a teenager or something yeah, yeah. so that's cool yeah i it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking on my way over here, something we could talk about. Do you ever, like, what's the last new hobby you considered taking up? Hmm. Um, podcasting. Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't really think, I didn't really think of podcasting as a hobby for some reason. Um, but I, I mean, what the fuck else would it be? It's a hobby. Yeah. I, well, you know, part of it is um, study. Yeah. Um, because I like it. You know, the learning about the shit I want to learn about, not for school, but because I want to. That's my hobby. I don't draw anymore. I used to like to draw. I don't draw anymore. I don't play video games anymore. Um, it's just podcasting. and Yeah, it's just reading and podcasting. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't really... I tried to learn to play guitar when you started, yeah. and that I failed after like two weeks. I gave up on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. Why, why do you yeah, ask? I, just because I like... I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe I should like take up another hobby. Mm. What would it be? I mean, you you were learning know, German. Man. That's a that's yeah. I guess that's a hobby. I, I've got almost a two hundred day streak on that still. Crazy. Yeah, I think I'm at like one ninety. So. Um, w- um, how do you feel that's going? Are you making progress? Um, I'm not making as much progress as I am just kind of maintaining at this point. Um, but. I think the stuff that I've learned is like really in there. I don't think it's going anywhere. Nice. So that's good. Um, I need to. So basically, I have to do at least one lesson a day to maintain the streak. A lot of times, all I do is one lesson. Um, and I need to start doing more new lessons as opposed to just doing the maintaining. Mm. But. Um, yeah. Do you, do you get to talk to Roland in German? I'll say some things to him. Um but not too much. Speaking of him, so your uncle, last I heard, was uh, had like a hernia, was like pr- pretty bad shape, was just like resting all the time. Yeah. Is that improved? Is he s- no, no, no? He's still. I mean, 
He's not resting all the time. He like walks to church, you know. Oh, okay. Um, which is not a super long walk, but it's not like a short walk either. Um, and he walk, you know, like a lot of times if he needs to go to the grocery store, he just walks mm. pretty much all the okay. time. Well, if he can do that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, you know, he's not. He just needs to go to the fucking doctor, and he's, you know, crazy. So he doesn't. He doesn't like. Um, So I don't know, like they have resources for people who are, yeah, you know, crazy. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Yep. Um, but he just like doesn't take advantage of them. He yep. doesn't, you know. Yep. Like I don't think he has a like his driver's license or his ID is expired, and you know you can't do anything without that. And he yeah. just like doesn't, mm. you know. He's got to do the hard thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to tell somebody who's uh. Not, you know, I don't know, normal. Yeah, <laughs> I love the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's smart. He's um, he's an interesting person, but he's just kind of he's just he's a, he's his own man. Yeah, we'll he's, just put it that way. He's interesting. He's as weird as he is interesting. Yeah, yeah, for that's, sure. That's saying something. It's very weird. Um, you got you got any other uh, topics top of mind? Because I got one other thing I was going to toss to you. Um, so I did have one other thing that I was going to talk about, yeah. and it's Twitter. Okay. And them, let me pull up the the tweet real quick. All right. So there's this uh, this person that I follow, and she has this tweet that is, I guess, controversial. Um, I'm going to read the tweet to you here. Yep. In a second, and you can tell me if you think it's particularly controversial. I thought I bookmarked it. But apparently I didn't, so just let me... Uh, give me a second here. Unprepared. Okay. So the this is the tweet. Um, and I'll tell you that I have liked this tweet like four or five times, and it keeps getting unliked. Oh, geez. I'm not unliking it, oh, geez. but I'll go back to it, and it's not liked, so I have to re-like it. So this is the tweet. Unpopular opinion. I love being white. I love my freckles. I love that my pink skin tans. I love my blonde eyelashes. I love my green eyes that look blue sometimes. I love that my son looks like me. I love my people. I love my history. Self-preservation is healthy. That's the tweet. Yeah. And this had, like, I, I saw people saying this, like, I've liked this tweet a bunch of times, and it, I keep going back, and it's not liked. And I was like, that's interesting. I wonder if that will happen. So I liked it. Sure enough. Wow. Isn't that what is what is so fucking controversial about that tweet? Nothing, and I, I'll tell you the, the easiest way to tell, because all you have to do is replace the white characteristics with black characteristics. Pretend a black person oh, yeah. said it, and people would be cheering. Absolutely, people would be applauding. Would be applauding. So I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think self preservation is an evolutionarily ingrained, deep instinct of all human beings. We all have pattern recognition that's equally ingrained from evolutionary for evolutionary reasons mm -hmm. and every single human being thinks that way yep. there's no nothing wrong with that whatsoever yeah it's just, this is like you hear i've heard a lot about twitter doing stuff like that but i've never really seen it i don't think mm. um or, or had it happen to me uh but yeah sure enough like honestly i've probably liked this tweet five times and it's not i'm looking at it right now you can see the heart is not red unbelievable I, i'll like it again we'll see next week if it's if it's uh if it's like it's unbelievable 
fuck Twitter right in the fu- right in the ass for that because that, that is not okay. Yeah, that person. If uh, anybody would like to follow them, it is uh, the Twitter handle is ah comfy a h c o m f y. Good so, follow. So you, yeah, you're not allowed to be you're not allowed to be proud to be white. You're not allowed to um, enjoy your own uh, reflection. You're not allowed to uh, take pride in yourself. If you're white, I don't know what the fuck Twitter's trying to say, but it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. And anybody who would disagree with that is terrible. It's fucking stupid. Anybody who says that's racist is terrible and blind to your own instincts. You fucking schmucks. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought I wanted to talk about that because it's never happened to me before. Like I said, I've never had, as far as I know, Twitter unlike something for me. It's the only thing. It's that last thing about self-preservation. It's, you know, you can twist that and say that. uh, That survival isn't what was intended by that. It was um, like the zero sum thing. It's survival of my, of my characteristics oh. um, over against at the expense, at the expense of, of yours yeah. yes but you have to be racist to read into to read into that that you have you have to have that on your mind to to read that and hear that you know what I mean yeah um, listen man one of the greatest joys in the world is to see yourself in other people and to see yourself in your children is a whole other thing and if, if somebody says to you that you're racist for saying that or thinking that, I, I got no words for you, man. Yeah. One of the things that she said in that tweet is, I love my people. Yeah. And I think that that is, that rubs some people the wrong way, you know? Because it excludes other people? You have to imply what she means by my people. Yeah. Because my people could be my family. My people. And, and what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Yeah. The- my, my people can be my friends, right? My people. Assalamu alaikum. Um, does that, that, I mean, how does that like jive with your individual and group thing though? Uh, what do you think? Um, like, what are you, what are you pointing to in particular? Like saying, I love my people. Yeah. Um, and you, you have like a vendetta against groups. And I mean, my people, that's like inherently a group. I have a, I have a difficulty with identification with a group. So if, if you say my people and that, and that identity overwhelms your individual identity, if you aren't a person, but a member of a group, that's where I think there's a problem. Mm. I don't think there's a problem with groups necessarily. I think there's a problem when, when people's group becomes their identity or when people try to make your group your identity especially if you don't choose it Mm. if i don't choose to be white or to be christian because that's how i was born for instance and then somebody looks at me and reduces me to a white christian you know if you impose that on me you're robbing me of my of what makes me me if i impose it on myself i'm doing the same thing to myself and i think that's a problem i i I sent you that that email that i wrote oh yeah I was um, yeah, I was in a state when I wrote that. Okay, <laughs> and, I, and I was I was I had time to myself, and I just started writing this thing. I had a question, which is why did the identity politics bother me so much? Why does the transgendered uh, conversation get under my skin so much? Um, and why does the manipulation of language that goes into all this political stuff bother me so much? Because that seems to be what it is. It's this resistance to manipulation and. 
it has to do with identity, especially with the trans issue. And they, they make it about identity. And it's it, it bothers me deeply, man. And I was trying to figure out why it bothers me. So I sent you that I sent you that thing I I typed out. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. I, I, you know, I, it was kind of a dump, you know, for me. I don't remember exactly how I said it. I'd have to go back and reread it, you know. But uh, what did you think of that? The argument there. Um, I thought that it was like logically consistent with the way that you view the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing how you view things, when I read that, I was like, yeah. That makes sense. You know, I can see why he would think that. Um, I don't know how long it'll take to read, but you think... No, it wouldn't take that long to read. Yeah, you can read it. Uh, Hold on, let me read this to you guys. Um, But, you know, basically, just to to boil it down real quick, uh, it comes down to, we're all one, man. We're all (laughs) one, bro. All right, so here we go. All right, so this is is how it goes. I said, um, what is identity... So that's what I was first trying to figure out because when somebody says that I'm a Anglo-Saxon white man and that means certain things, I'm like, pump the brakes, man. Why do you get to say that? First of all, why do you get to say what that means? Why do you get to get? Why do, why do you get to control my identity? And why do you want to? And these are the kind of questions that I was. But I had to figure out what identity is before I could figure out why. People would want to uh, manipulate that, you know, and all that, and you know, that sort of thing. So it goes like this: identity is what you associate with your face, your name, your first-person memories, your personality, your thoughts, ideas, and epiphanies, with the sum total of your life experiences, as well as your hopes, dreams, interests, and desires for oneself and the world. Identity is also associated with one's preferences, worldview biases, judgments, and values. It is further associated with one's unique set of knowledge, skills, and expertise, as in the statement, I am a philosopher. It is not entirely self-defined, however. Identity is also the way you are perceived by other people, the value you bring to one's family, community, and society. This includes the anima projections of others, which they unconsciously attach to you. It also includes the fantasies of those who love you, as in, the great man your mother imagines you might become. It is your potential, not just your own idea of what that means, but everyone else whom you encounter. This type of identity is hoisted upon you against your will and often without you ever knowing. Group identity is another example of this. It is a kind of category generalization attached to evolved capacity for pattern recognition. This includes race, religion, political affiliation, or any other descriptor that abstracts away everything unique about you such that you fit neatly into a box. We might call this a taxonomy identity, much like the Latin genus species titles we use to classify plants and animals. Homo sapiens sapien. Identity is an am statement. I am this or I am that. I am like him or unlike her. I am Chris, etc., But what I am is always transforming. Values change, memories fade. Values shift and our faces morph with age. As such, our identities are in a continual state of flux. They are transforming, just as the cosmos is transforming, just as God is transforming. This transformation is not random. Uh, It's guided. 
My body is transformed by the work I permit or compel it to do. My values and worldview are transformed by the experiences I have, both voluntary and otherwise. My interests are transformed by, by circumambulation, in the same way the universe is transforming, not randomly, but guided by the interactions of gravity, by the position and momentum of every last particle, and by the infinite formation of ever-new stars, black holes, and galaxies. So identity is guided transformation. What is doing the guiding is a kind of process, a process of feedback between our consciousness and our experiences. Identity is a manner of being, as unique as a snowflake, no two exactly alike. Our identities are what we've done, what we do, and the meaning we take from the experience. It is the way of being me. I am and being rise to the surface in this exploration of identity, and both are ontological. They are religious in nature. I am is not only God's self-description in the Bible, it is also the personal pronoun, a symbol for consciousness, paired with am, a designation for being. Is and am are markers for being. They point to it. But what is it? Being is what exists. It is reality, conscious experience. It is the thing that marks you as a subject rather than merely another object. It is the first-person perspective, the lead role in the drama of life. But what is that? If I called it spirit, would that help? How about soul, the breath of life, God itself? And this, I think, is at the heart of my repulsion to taking away one's opportunity to form their own identity or to influence that development unduly. Identity is meant to be a discovery, a continual self-revelation. When a social or political movement threatens to disturb the deeply personal process of identity formation, it robs the individual of the chance to discover who they are and who they might become. This is a sin of the highest order. Mic drop. All right, what do you think? I think it's... Uh, uh, so, what happens, though, when a person chooses to identify as the, that group? I mean, you're talking about identity mm. and how it's a, like a personal discovery kind of a thing. So when a person like learns these things about themselves and then they learn about, you know you know schools of philosophy or you know things like that and they like i am a member of this group mm -hmm. what's going on there well i think it's like i said uh, that identity is a transforming process it's not static it's never static so when you think to yourself i am a member of my family mm. uh, i am a student i am um, a good person or whatever those ideas are simple and they get more complicated as you get older and I think people who choose to accept an identity, um, like a uh, um, victim identity, for instance, nowadays, mm -hmm. um, they're doing it for ulterior motives. That's pretty clear. But they're also doing it to simplify their life. They're saying, I would rather give up everything that makes me unique. I would rather not think about it, not explore it. I would rather just somebody prepackage for me what I can agree with and identify with. And it's easier. Give me that identity. I'll attach to it. And that gives me less work to do. I don't have to discover myself. I can just borrow this identity you've given me. And that is so sad. It's so sad. It's like laziness and fear and efficiency cause somebody to give up the process of 
learning who they are in favor of adopting some bullshit somebody gave them. Why? Because it's easier and because you're getting brownie points, you know? Are there any group identities that you don't feel that way about? Like, obviously, the, you know, I'm a Jew, so I'm persecuted. You're an anti-Semite. That's like a victimhood thing. Yeah, I I would. That's a complicated one, but a good one. If I said I'm a Jew, and by that I mean uh, I'm a perpetual victim, I have historical credit from for victimhood, and I never think to myself what else I am, then that's that's cowardice and terrible, and it's something that will not serve you, and you will regret that for the rest of your life. If you say I'm a Jew and I'm this and that and the other, and here's why, then that then that's a whole other thing. But if you limit your identity to a group identity, you're a fool. You're a fool and a sheep. You're a full sheep. Full sheep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're on the same page with that. I, I just think that... Um, I do think that the group identity is important to people in a lot of ways. Like, especially... Well, I don't know. I was going to say that, like, that victim... You know, the, the group... The victimhood, that group mentality... I was going to say maybe that's not that important, but I think it is really important to these people who take it on, yeah. you know? Um, it's kind of, a lot of times it seems like it's all they have. Yeah. So that's bad. Well, I they, agree with they, you on that. They think it's all they have. Yeah. And they're wrong about that. Yeah, there's a a depth to them that they're not even trying to find. That's the sad part. Yeah. Um, I think group identity is a starting off point. It's one of the steps in the road to developing your own. It's like when you... When you meet people as a kid that are like you and you notice they're like you, you're like, oh, shit, this is something like me. You want to be friends? Yep. Okay. You want to do karate in the garage? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? But you recognize it in other people. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm like you in this way. That's what I am. I'm the thing that's like you. These things that we have in common, that's what I am. And it's like you realize it when you see it in somebody else. And the same thing happens with groups. It's abstracted. You know, so it's like I'm like Kyle in a bunch of ways and I'm different from Kyle in a bunch of ways. And that's what makes me me. It's all the ways I'm like Kyle and all the ways I'm not like Kyle. And we do the same thing with a group. We say, you know, a group represents oftentimes higher ideals, abstracted ideals. Mm. So what what are other boys like? What are other men like? And then a group that's abstracted from that might be, you know, a soldier group or a religious group or a philosophical group. And they represent certain ideal ideals that they have in common. And maybe that's bravery and patriotism. Maybe that's a questing after knowledge. Maybe whatever. Yep. And those things you hold up as higher than everything else. And then people look at those things and they say, oh, I'm like that. And I'm not like that. And they pick and choose the things they, that, that as Jordan Peterson would say, that call to them. They pick and choose the things that, that glint and shimmer and catch their attention. And then they adopt them. They, they recognize the things within, this, within themselves and say, oh, that's me. It's weird that, some of, that sometimes that thing is victimhood. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. That you, that's what you want to latch on to and identify with. Why would you want to? I don't know, dude. It's so demeaning. And I think that people who latch on to that and want to identify with that... They have a problem with people who don't, you know? Yeah. It's like, I aspire to this other thing that is not victimhood. And they're like, no, you need to aspire to victimhood. You know? <laughs> like, it's a real problem. It's, it's a like real that problem. tweet 
that we just read from that ah comfy lady. Yeah. It's like I don't I, I like what I am. You know, like I don't I don't find it to be I'm not looking for sympathy, you know, and they're like, no, no, you need to be looking for sympathy. Yeah, yeah. Or you need to be giving me sympathy. Yeah. It's, it's fucking weird, man. And it's manipulative. It's and dark. I don't like it. Yeah. It's like you love you love each other and you have mutual interactions with people and nobody has to manipulate anybody. And people generally like to do good things for other people and people like to return favors. You don't have to manipulate people. Yeah. The people who's, who manipulate people begin to think it's the only thing that works. Mm. And they're only ever going to get their way and get what they want if they can force you somehow to give it to them or bend the reality in such a way. It's like, dude, just have honest interactions with people. Have honest interactions with yourself. And all, the, all these problems go away, man. There's always going to be dicks. And we don't have to even fuck with them. There's always, there's always going to be dicks, man. And all we have to do is just say, you know what? I don't want to talk to you, man. You're, you're, you know, you're not welcome here. Go, you know, when you improve yourself, come back. And we'll try again later. Just, just socially isolate those people. You know, if you if you're a dick, then you can be a dick by yourself. When you're ready to play by the rules and you're ready to be a good guy, come on back. We'll welcome you. Um, that's how that's how things should be. You know. But did you notice when I was talking about personality, how I imagine it like it's being built mm. that people are picking and choosing the things that they see in, in other people and in groups that they identify with, that they feel belong to them or that they aspire to. Mm-hmm. So like you see somebody who's a model, you know, somebody you admire, that happens all the time, or somebody you, that, you, that you're disgusted by, equally good. Yeah, that's true. You can look at the people you admire and you could say, this the quality, I don't have it yet, but I want it. And I don't know why I want it, but I'm going to work to get it. Maybe it's, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, um, big, big muscular uh, hero figures and karate guys. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to be. Fucking Arnold, man. And if I work hard, I could be a big muscular karate guy. Um, whatever. That's just a silly example. But we build our personality. We build ourselves this way. By, by seeing what we like and what we don't like. What we are and what we, what we aren't. And we construct our identity Anybody who anybody who steps in and wants to do that for you is robbing you of the ability to be who you want to be, who you can be. True, you know. And I just don't understand well, why that's not more obvious, you know, and why it's not more egregious. It's like you son of a bitch, you son of a bitch. You're you're making me a victim, and as a consequence, I don't get to be anything else. You son of a bitch. Why does why do people not see that? Why do minorities not see that? Why do disenfranchised groups not see that? Why does nobody have any honor? Why does nobody have any pride? It's disgusting. And I think that's part of why I don't like groups so much. Because, because groups take away that. They take away individuality. They take away the value of the individual. And, and they take care of people. Groups take care of people. And people need to take care of themselves. Yeah, see, that's like a, a step too far for me. I think that um, I'm not saying all the time. I'm yeah. just saying they need to, people need to take care of themselves. I I agree, but I think that people are never going to be able to take care of themselves against everything, and that's where groups come in, and that's why groups are important. Yep, yep. But having a group take care of you and make all of your decisions is one thing, you know, and that's what that's what the lazy people want. They want Big Brother to give them a house and food and tell them they don't have to work and that they're good just the way they are. And if they're fat, 
they're beautiful. And if they're dumb, they're a better citizen. Sure. You know, it goes too far in that, that direction. Just the same as it goes too far in the individual direction. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I think, I just, I think that we've been concentrating as like, as libertarian minded people for most of our like political lives, well, I'll just speak for me. I think that I've been concentrating on how bad groups are for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have not paid any attention at all into the dangers of like radical individualism. I've always thought that was like a really good thing, you know? Um, but now I'm just not so sure. Yeah. Listen, I agree that you can't write off the benefits of the group because groups exist and they've always have. And there's a reason for that. And strength in numbers and all, and and economies of scale and all that stuff are valid reasons for natural reasons why groups might form. I'm not I'm not diminishing that. I do think one individual is not strong enough to deal with all of the challenges of the world, and yeah. that groups are necessary to um, to share the work and to uh, share expertise and to 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 conquer you know nature. That, that I agree. I'm not writing that off, um, but I do think it. it just like anything can become counterproductive. Uh, I, I would rather have, I would rather be a group, be in a group full of Elon Musk's and Ayn Rand's and, you know, uh, independent thinkers that have real substance to them, that stand on their principles, that believe what they believe, that are productive, than live in a group full of sheep that are looking for direction from the government. They're just robots, you know? Yeah. I'd rather be a part of the group full of individuals than the group full of sheep. Sure. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that. Just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... I don't know. There's something there that I'm, like, trying to uncover, but I just can't really... I'm, like, still digging at it, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I think... Like I said, I think in images now, and... Um, they're not straightforward images. They, they need to be interpreted. And uh, when I speak that way, I'm like giving you work to do. Like I'm not being clear. I'm saying, you know, think about that. Think about this image I'm painting. And, you know, eventually you'll, you'll, it'll mean something. Yeah. You know, um, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I did want to ask you about reparations while we're talking oh, about yeah. this. I've been thinking about, it. thinking about reparations because um, when I was younger, thought it made a lot of sense really yeah when i was when i was young naive and compassionate and all that i thought you know that a historical wrong was done to enslaved americans and uh they they were placed at a disadvantage um that that resulted in multi-generational like obstacles right obstacles to education obstacles to maybe health care obstacles to nutrition um whatever that there might that there was obstacles for um, poor and disenfranchised people that that were put in that position, no fault of their own. That's how I thought of it, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, as soon as people start talking about reparations, as soon as you start talking about like actually doing it, doesn't make I've any got sense. Nothing but problems with it. It falls apart like immediately. It's like I mean, it's like communism. It's like yeah, it sounds nice, but once you yeah, once you start talking about putting it in practice, it's like. Who are we taking the money from? Who are we giving the money to? How much money are we giving each person? What are you basing that on? Like, 
do certain people get more money than other people? I mean, yeah. like, does, does, I don't know, it just, yeah. If you, if you were going to do it right, yes, you, it would have to be certain people will get more than other people would have to be. If you did it right, you'd have to consider and put a value on everyone's individual circumstances. What about all the Irish indentured servitude people? See, that's it. This is really the question that I want to, that I want to get to. It's if we agree that restitutions are uh, uh, reasonable, which we could argue that, but if we agree, is it society's price to pay? Is it society's sin, every single citizen of this country? Is it our collective sin, and we all have to chip in to pay? Like, the government's going to fund it with taxpayer dollars because we're all guilty of it, and we're all, we all have to pay our share. Is that, is that fair? Or, some people say yes. Some people say, yeah, it would be the least burdensome to the society if you spread the costs among everybody. Mm. And because you can't divorce the society from, um, from the sin, you can't divorce, uh, there's no way of like pointing to a guilty party. Then it has to be the whole society that pays for this. And then, I'm, and then I think about the historical realities of slavery, mm. that the number of Americans that were wealthy enough to have slaves... You could fit in one hand. So is society guilty or are those people guilty? Are those plantation owners, I don't know how many of them there are, probably in the hundreds that had slaves that were wealthy enough to have them and, and you know pay for them and, and keep them in their household. Yeah. Are those families still rich today? Probably not. Oh, but if they're the guilty parties, should, shouldn't they be the ones on the hook and not everybody else? You want to get real controversial yes. about it? Yes. So you have the typical idea of a plantation slave owner, you know, and they're whipping them and, you know, 12 years a slave, you know, Amistad, all of the bad shit that you see in movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you definitely had people who had one slave. And, you know... Say what you want about like the ownership of a human being, but I guarantee you there were people, there were families who had one slave and they treated that slave like a member of their family. Sure. So what? How does that fit in? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And like, yes, I understand that. Again, the ownership of a human being is terrible, but also, you know, that family may have kept those people that that slave safe from terrible mm-hmm. things that could have happened to them yeah. and um, given them a platform to, you know, have like some kind of stability once they had their freedom, once yeah. they're 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 the people who came after them had their freedom. See, um, see, that's the part that people say that people object to. Um, but I think is an interesting ar- counter argument, which is the people who were enslaved had they not been enslaved, would be living in Congo. They'd, yeah. be, they'd be living in West Africa. They'd be living somewhere terrible in yeah, comparison sure. in comparison to the United States. And and you think about, like I said earlier, the, uh, the Irish indentured servitude people. Dude, they, I mean, I've read about it. A lot of people say that the indentured servitude people had it worse mm. than the people who were slaves because it's like a rent-a-car. Beat the fuck out of it. Who cares? It's not yours. Yeah, yeah. Um... And uh, I mean, Irish, the Irish people who came over, yeah, they were treated poorly, but they they signed up for it because they knew that this is where you want to be. Do you think that, do you think that, I mean, even today, people agree this is where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Most people in the world believe 
or the United States is where you want to be. Yeah. So would you say that the value of being here and having a life in the first world, in the greatest country, you know, in the world, in the in the world power, you know, number one superpower, is that reparation enough? I think is the value of being an American citizen wor worth the cost of your historical slavery? Even if you don't think it's enough, I think it's the best you're going to get. What if we actually did the work, and it could be done, to track down the historical records and figure out which individuals own slaves for how long? All that kind of thing. If we got all that data, mm -hmm. and it turned out that like thirty percent of the of the living uh, like descendants of those people are congressmen and senators. Oh, I think that there's. I think that I that's think there's probably happen. a pretty high likelihood. Yeah. In places like Virginia, pretty fucking, fucking high likelihood. You know. What do you do? Also, like I think that that is high likelihood. But I think there's also a high likelihood that there's going to be people who had. The, you know, the previous generations of their family were doing really well. Um, and then you have some guy somewhere in the middle of the line who is a complete fuck up and loses all the family's money. Mm -hmm. And then you have this guy now who's not, he's a normal guy. So this guy is on the hook. Like this guy who is not really benefited at all. Exactly. He's on the hook. Yeah. But I think, I think that might be more fair than giving it to society as our burden. And I'll tell you why. I told you before. But there are lots of people like me and my family that didn't live in the, in the United States during slavery. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a, I'm, I've got that original sin stain all over my white skin, man. Yeah. I'm an American. I'm a white dude. I'm guilty, right? Fuck off. My ancestor came here during the Civil War was immediately drafted into the Union Army and fought to free the slaves. My family didn't own a single slave. We weren't even here. I'm not guilty at all. Fuck off. Directly off. I am not guilty. Sure. I am not paying. Not one penny of my tax money. Wasn't me, man. Wasn't me. Hell yeah. But I'm thinking if we could identify the people who really were guilty, them and their descendants, maybe they're the ones that should have to pay. Maybe that's more fair. And if they can't pay, maybe we should throw them in jail. You know what I mean? I think... I, I, that last one part was a joke, it was, sure, but sure. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, is think, that more fair? I think the best course of action is, this is going to be, this is going to be controversial <laughs> to some people, but the best course of action is for the descendants of slaves who have not been slaves for ever in their lifetime, mm -hmm. their parents weren't, their grandparents weren't, is to get over it to start taking advantage of the freedom that somewhere down back there down the line that your ancestors, um, you know, I guess I was going to say that they won for themselves, but not really, not really. I mean, if we're being perfectly honest about it, white people did that for you. I mean, you know, I, I that's not, that's not really debatable. Sometimes, Black people played into it. You know, you had your your people who were leaders in movements and they, they contributed. But without white people who were the majority force in the country making that decision, mm. it never would have happened. You'd We'd still have slaves. Mm. Isn't, isn't that interesting? You're right, man. If it was only black people participating in the civil rights movement, if it was only black people, it, it wouldn't have made, it wouldn't have been enough. Yep. And yet, if you're white, you're guilty today. For sure, even though we did it. So there's lots of hypocrisy out there, man. Um, yes, there is. And it's it's hard to deal with. <laughs> the easiest thing to do sometimes is to fucking 
ignore it, man. Just go about living your life. I think that's a good move. And for that, um, I guess we can wrap it up, man. Wrap it up. For the day. Yes, indeed. Um, Follow us. <laughs> the two tongues Inter- podcast.com, you guys. Yep. Interact with us. Give us money if you want to. <laughs> At two tongues pod on Twitter. We love you. Peace. See you, see you next time. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work thinking it's hard and full of uncertainties but i'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze see what i did there let's find out together in the next episode